Hello, and welcome to the Rookie Contract Podcast. My name is Dakota Zintak. And hello, I'm Kate Norum, and we will be speaking to people that are in their rookie contract in sports to get the freshest advice for those trying to get into the sports industry, as well as learn more about their story within sports. So now that you've accepted your rookie contract, what are you going to prove? Welcome back to another episode of the Rookie Contract Podcast. Today's guest is the one and only Mrs. Hockey, Chanel Keenan. And Chanel is the intersectionality consultant with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we talked a little bit of hockey. We talked a little bit of intersectionality. And so if you want to hear all of that and more, keep on listening. Hey, everyone. It's Dakota from the Rookie Contract. We want to offer our listeners a free one-month trial of SBS, the Clubhouse's pro membership. We're giving you access to exclusive webinars, over 100 sports industry mentors, and career advice from the founder himself, Bob Hamer. To claim your free trial for this incredible resource, email bob at sportsbusiness.solutions. And mention we sent you. Back to you, Dakota. All right. Today we have Chanel Keenan. Uh, you may know her if you're on sports Twitter or sports social media in general. If you wouldn't mind just giving us a little introduction of who you are, and then we'll kind of dive into what you've been doing lately. I am Chanel. I am on Twitter so much that that is how I got hired by my job. So if you tune into <laughs> the void enough, something may come back to you. That's basically what happens. I work for the Seattle Kraken, which is a crazy story, sort of. And uh, yesterday, we have these little meetings with our CEO almost like every week. And I kind of just fly in if you're available. And I, my CEO asked my boss, who's also there, like how she found me and she did the whole spiel. But it really was through Twitter. So again, highly recommend that everybody just keep doing what you're doing. If you're on Twitter too much like I am, um, oh, I don't know. I love that you have this job through Twitter. That is pretty amazing. And you know what? I want to follow your Twitter game. How did you get so good on the Twitter game? Oh, I've just been on it for far too long. I've, I've been on it for far too long. I think it's 10 years now, and I definitely should not have been on it when I started it. But it was just wholesome memes back then. Yeah. I was in hockey Twitter back then first and literally it it is very different from the young twitter that i follow now which i'm like i i know i was annoying and probably a little bit weird but this is like (laughs) next level stuff i will say they're much more talented than i ever was though because fan cams have now you know made their way into the sports world and um i think that's really cool but i personally never so out of talent alone, out of lack of talent alone, I don't think I could be that cool at it. So oh my gosh. that part's cool. You're just, you're so cool. I, I admire your Twitter game so much. <laughs> you have no idea. So you were saying that, you know, you got this job through Twitter, but I guess how, how did that come about? Did you just start tweeting at someone that you knew that was in there or did they just find your Twitter somehow or how did that go down? Yeah, so I I probably should have started by what my title was, so apologies for that. I am the intersectionality consultant with Seattle Kraken, so I 
work like kind of part-time. So intersectionality for me is just when I do my job, which is attending a lot of Zoom meetings at the moment, we bounce ideas off each other about how we can best serve our fan base and our community in a really, just in an authentic way of trying to make sure that, you know, we are serving our community in a way that reflects well on us and is authentic Mm -hmm. to the fan base that we have because it's super diverse already. And it's been interesting to see the development of the team, even though we don't even have players yet, because I've been here for almost six months, which is crazy to think about. Like, I literally feel like I just got here, but I've gotten to the point where people have been hired after me. So I think that's my barometer of how long I've been here. And really, I just try to do my best to help, especially the disabled community, have more of a voice and more of, like, even a visual representation in our offices. And um, because I was born with a disability, so I don't know, like, how you guys don't, like, do video podcasts, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's my situation. So I grew up with a disability and having not seen myself reflected in the sports media space from any level, um, it's really important to me that if I can have times like this to share my story and to let other people know that it's possible to get a job in the NHL if you have a disability, I think that that's really important because I don't think I would have believed it or known it at all um, if it weren't for the fact that I got my job. So I wrote a couple articles um, about my experience as a disabled fan, um, probably around June or July of 2020. And I follow a nonprofit organization called Black Girl Hockey Club, which brings the game of hockey to Black communities, especially um, for young women and girls. Mm -hmm. And Ever since I found out about them in the summer, I just kind of did my best to try to boost their stuff. And even at the time then, I didn't have a huge following, but I had a consistent one. So I feel like I tried to do my best to hype them up because they deserved it and and they're doing really incredible things. And through that, they shared my article. And that's how my boss found me. She found me through that small Twitter exchange. And that was really cool because even at the time we didn't have a name yet. So when she DM'd me, she was like, I work for the Seattle team. And I was like, do you know? Because like y'all didn't even have like a whole name yet. Yeah, I was like, okay, sure. And I didn't really think anything of it really. Like I didn't know where it was going to go, but she just asked my permission to share the article internally and um, you know, to, to, you know, put my voice out there, I guess. And I was like, absolutely. Like it's, it's a public article anyway. So yeah, I can't tell you what to do with that. Um, but I was like, <laughs> of course. Um, and then she asked me if I would help them with the app that we're developing right now for our arenas and mm-hmm. me coming in from a standpoint of accessibility needs and making sure that it's intuitive and it's you know easy for anyone to use to a certain extent and you know as customizable as we can make it for someone um, who needs it so and that's like for everybody to an extent Mm -hmm. so I I was like yeah of course like I hope and she she made me really aware that you know this is this is like going to happen but it's going to happen 
like in a couple months. So to, you know, set myself up to know that like, it's not going to happen tomorrow. And I was like, that's fine. Like I have school, I have a lot going on still. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah, that that was like another thing that I was just curious about. How are you managing to like (laughs) be and running like this NHL team, like be a part of that and also taking control of your classes because I know that's got to be kind of insane especially now yeah so I had a really interesting transition into online learning because that's kind of what my school went to we're starting to bring back live classes but it's already going terribly wrong so I'm safe at home and I'm I go to a party school so (laughs) for them to anticipate anything but this is kind of naive so which is not good I don't agree with what's happening um but I I know that I chose I made the right choice by staying home it's not because I don't trust half the kids that go to my school um but I know that I would be super safe and I just Mm -hmm. it was just too much to think about having to think about what other people were doing over the weekend knowing that I'm just in my room eating ramen watching the show (laughs) I've seen a thousand times you know like I can't I can't bank that on everybody else so my transition home was actually really smooth and I found it to be even more accessible for me which I kind of knew in the back of my mind like there's a lot of logistical things that I have to work out during the week when I would be in person like like bus schedules and like weather and accounting for things that you know we don't normally have to do so much work um for but now I just log on in my pajamas and that's the best so I really I'm really good at time management and I'm good at it in both ways of how much I can procrastinate before it's too late but also doing my best to get ahead on stuff that I just want to get rid of so I've found a really good balance in that it's it takes it takes a lot to know how close to the wire you can get without screwing yourself so I definitely take advantage of that and um, the best part is is that I work west coast hours so I have a lot of morning classes um, because I'm in Boston right now Mm -hmm. and I have I scheduled a lot of morning classes and a lot of like weird midday ones because that's just the beginning of the day for them so that's been really like the weirdest plot twist in that is how well that's <laughs> gonna be so like eight o'clock on the west coast and you're like yeah. oh it's like 11 o'clock here it's lunchtime it's basically lunchtime when I start <laughs> my meetings it's just so funny because I know even yesterday we had a meeting at 4 30 and one of my well, I think that was actually my boss she was like eating lunch and I was like oh I'm waiting for my dinner so <laughs> great time it's just fun to watch because it is yeah. so different but um yeah, it's been a really crazy time, and, and I've just been trying to make sure that I don't fill up my plate too much because um, I've had to make some sacrifices, not big ones, but I used to write for my school's per campus chapter, and that's basically like an online magazine uh, aimed at like college girls and stuff, and I was like social media for them too, so I had to give that up because I was like, something has to give, so yeah. I was doing too much, and I was like, I'm okay with sacrificing this. I got enough time. I got a good amount of experience while I was there. But obviously, like, school and this new job opportunity takes a cake. So, you know, you just have to make adjustments as you go. Yeah, I mean, putting things in priority, you know, it's, it's really important. But actually something I was, I was kind of doing some, some searching on your, uh, on your social <laughs> media. 
And I was trying to find like the moment that, or that I guess like hockey was such a big part of your life. So I guess what was that moment for you where hockey kind of took the cake as kind of that, that big priority for you or that big sport or that big hobby or, you know, that big interest? Yeah, I've been around sports my whole life through my brothers. Um, they're six years older than me, so I was dragged to all their practices and all their yeah. games. And um, I I would always make friends with all the siblings that were too young, or they were usually girls, too. So we would just, like, run amok, like, wherever we were. And <laughs> I just had no interest in it. So I always find it particularly funny that, like, out of, all of my siblings, like I ended up working in sports. There's a lot of reasons why it's funny that I work in the way where I work. So um, I always think like, I really liked football growing up. It was always on on Sundays and it was a very long game, but there's also, it was a good pace. So I was like, okay, like hold my interest, whatever. And then when I went to high school, I started working for my school's football department. And then I would eventually get poached and have to work for the women's basketball team that we had, which was a better experience because it was more hands-on. I was going to all the home games. I was live tweeting all the games. And um, it took me a minute to adjust from having been like live tweeting um, hockey games by myself um, and live tweeting basketball games. Cause like, I remember the clock being an issue for me because obviously it was counting backwards and one and like counting a different one the other oh, yeah. and I was like oh I'm totally not doing this right like I realized <laughs> it very quickly but I was like oh crap like I've been I'm like there isn't 15 minutes left in the period like this is not it's not happening right. <laughs> so I caught myself really early but I was like goodness like thank god no one's watching this um so I I don't I think hockey, once I found it in, like, late middle school, that I stayed interested just because of the pace of it. And, you know, like, when there's five minutes left of the period, there's really five minutes left, whereas in football, five minutes can mean two hours. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, it's a toss-up. You can run a marathon and still... Yeah, absolutely. You could, you know, cook a whole dinner in that five minutes. So, I don't know. I just really... There's a lot of players to the sport that I really enjoy and really um, admire the team aspect of it and how everybody is reliant on everybody. And I think that that allows for more accountability and more compassion because you know what the other's going through to an extent because you're so in it with the other person. So I don't know. I just kind of always took to that one the most just because I understood it a lot more than I did football too, to an extent and basketball too and um it just kind of shook out like that I guess I love that it just kind of became your your sport I love it yeah definitely the most uh in my opinion at least the most like interesting to watch for playoffs just because usually the best team does win like with football you know a team can have a bad game and then they're out you know they lose one game and they're out but with hockey it's like seven game series uh some of the times it's just like I think they have to work the hardest for their trophy than like any other sport, but that's yeah. just my that's just my take on it. Because <laughs> I've I've watched the uh, hockey's my favorite to watch probably in terms of like sitting down and watching, and it, I think it's the most appealing. But yeah, I was yeah, curious. Yeah, it's definitely interesting seeing all the fights. I yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the fights. No, those are fun. <laughs> and it's just so, like I, I feel like it takes so much more skill to, you know, do what they do with the puck and the stick, like. 
sticking between their legs and, and doing like softer passes over sticks and stuff where like, I mean, granted football, you're just running through them and uh, in basketball, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're doing crazy things with the ball. But um, I just think with hockey, it just looks so much cooler because hmm. like, it's such a smaller, uh, you know, there's such a smaller gate for, for error. And, but yeah, that, that I was just curious because I've, I've seen kind of like on everything, it's kind of like hockey branded, hockey related for you. So I was just like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, I need, to, I need to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> She's Mrs. Hockey. Okay. Mrs. Hockey. So were you, once the season starts, you know, granted the new normal kind of takes place and, and everyone's kind of back in the stadium, are you going to be in Seattle or are you going to be kind of uh, in Boston still doing the, you know, Big Brother or Eagle Eye or whatever it is, um, <laughs> making sure that everything goes smoothly? Well, I can't lie and say, like, you know, I'm super excited for them to all – go back to work because I am um and I think that some departments are desperate to be back together with each other because there's just so only so much you can do over the computer Mm -hmm. but for my job personally I'm kind of like there's like an imposter syndrome answer and then there's the real answer the imposter syndrome answer is that I'm concerned or worried about you know how much of my job is valued when they do go back to work because this is the best way for me to do my job currently mm-hmm. and come October I'll be done with school I'll be done hopefully by May um mm-hmm. so that barrier to entry will be gone it's just the location aspect so I'm I'm curious to see how that shakes out my contract is until December um out of all the things I know so far the the dream that seems like it's going to happen is that I'll be there for the first game whenever that is. Um, and that will be a really big deal for, for everybody involved. We're so excited oh, for, yeah. for just that one, like one opening night game is going to be crazy. And, and you know, I've, I'm really hoping somehow I can weasel my way into the expansion draft. I don't know <laughs> the format of it. I just think it would be so cool. So now I have a couple people's ears, so I'm like, okay, how subtle do I have to be about begging to go to this <laughs> in whatever way that it's going to happen? Um, because in normal times, I think I would have been able to um, more easily because, you know, it'd be like a whole ordeal like it like it should be. Um, but obviously, we're not in normal times right now. So um, my the, the answer to your question is, should I get a readjustment to my contract that would allow me more stability and security, I would absolutely make the move because this is like a once in a lifetime situation for me. Mm-hmm. Even though every yeah. time I say that they get mad. Um, but I'm like, but I don't know. Like I really don't know. So so I hope I hope that's the case. And I hope I'll end up there. I have some family over there. So I wouldn't be completely alone. But also everybody at work has been super welcoming and nice to me and and so nice and comfortable now that like I just get ripped on all the time very meaning about my <laughs> my fandom it happened yesterday too there was actual CEO who was like we're all great but like she's a Bruins fan and that's a problem and I'm like all right <laughs> I know oh no I can't change it okay I would it's, like, like, it's your brand okay I get it it's, my, it's very conflicting but it is my brand <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that that would be, I, I think that it would be something, because you were saying that, you know, w- with people back in, it would make your job a little different. I think kind of, I guess, thinking of it in a different way, I think it would be 
you know, even more beneficial. Yeah. I mean, again, I told you I have the imposter syndrome answer and the real answer. The real (laughs) answer is that I would have a greater impact in person, you know, even just having a disabled body in that space and as a woman and as a woman of color, like all those things. Absolutely. As, As my entirety alone, it would be super beneficial. But I don't know what they're thinking, and I don't want to yeah. jump the gun. So, so um, you know, I hope that that's the case. And if they're listening, I will drop this in the Slack too, <laughs> like oh at God. the man. But um, I don't know. I I'm just excited to see what happens because it is quite a long time before I have to worry about that. Yeah. But I, I've already been here for five months, five and a half months, and that alone, how time has gone by, is just beyond me. So. It's it's pretty amazing, like the amount of influence that you have from your Twitter making such an impact on people, uh, myself included, and probably Dakota <laughs> as well. Yeah. And I'm I'm truly inspired that even from galvanized to now, it's it's been an amazing ride. So I guess how did you get involved with galvanized? Because I know you making strides there, and that's how that's how we kind of connected. Yeah, that. That's also a crazy story. And I think it does come, honestly, come from the same um, article because I don't even remember how Laura found me at this point. But one day, one day, I think they just shared myself. I think it was Galvanized first. And then um, the guy sent, you, sent a thank you DM to the account or whatever. And then not that long after, like, Laura followed me and I was like what is what is galvanized like what is what is this is it a cult like I was like what is happening is it a sorority <laughs> like there's so many thoughts no, no, that go through my mind at first either it's, it's yeah because cool. I mean anybody who can read would like easily find out like what it is and, and what they were trying to achieve but on the one the one time I like saw what was going on I was like what is this like I, I was interested by it and it was really cool because I saw the diversity in it and I saw you know what sport it was centered towards which is like kind of um NFL more so and I was like okay like that's cool and like super grateful that they shared my stuff and then um Laura asked to set up a call with me and um she basically just unpacked everything about me in like two hours and it's crazy and she was <laughs> like you need to start something so um she like kind of not forced me but she she influenced me to a great degree um I guess to start my podcast that I had going on in the summer um that Kate was on and um, amazing podcast don't want to want to just like plug that but yeah I don't want to plug anymore because like I it's been that took the back seat honestly when I started everything and um to me that kind of a project kind of served its purpose I kind of think like that a lot like in friendships or um in life in general like when something's you know done its purpose that it's okay to move on from it um I haven't like wrapped it up in a shiny bow and like really gotten rid of it yet like there's always an option to bring it back but I just don't have the time anymore um so I had to make that sacrifice and it, it was good practice because I went on two podcasts, I think around that time to like share my story a little bit. And then I didn't even have a story at that point. Like it was just the beginning questions that you guys asked me. So, mm-hmm. um, so then 
start my own one was really interesting because it taught me how to interview. It taught me, um, you know, just how to communicate on a more professional level, which I tend to lean towards anyways because um, I think that's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. But it gave me a lot of good practice for stuff like this. So, um, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I just kind of, Laura discovered me through Twitter too, so. <laughs> yeah, like just terrible. stay on the app because you're already yeah. doing too much because you never know what could happen. That that was like another thing that I I constantly struggle with, and I'm sure you guys both do as well. Um, how do you kind of deal with burnout and doing so many things at one time, and knowing when to say, "Hey, I need to take a backseat on this," like you were doing with your podcast? How do you just like know when enough is enough, and I need to you know, relax for a second. I think, uh, and and right now I'm going through it a little bit because um, I'm taking a lot of the same, cl- like similar classes right now. So I'm like mixing them up all the time. But when I lose track of what stuff is due when, um, that's how I know. So like if I have a lot of stuff coming up and I'm not sure which is due first, I'm like, wait, I need to like reevaluate. Yeah what's going on right now and put all my ducks in a row and I'm a super organized person so I think for me it's I don't even get to the point where I'm worried about burnout because I'm so just anxious about making sure I have everything done on time so it's kind of that's kind of my unhealthy like situation is that I'm so anxious about missing stuff and not doing stuff on time that I'm pre-planning a plan and usually that kind of served me well after the fact, but during it, it's like, so it's, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it, but it is good to plan ahead. I just yeah. do it a little too much. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty similar in that, in that regard of like, I guess, planning a plan, like where you want the plan to go well. So you plan that plan so that it goes well enough for the plan you just to work, hope everything goes well yeah and i mean <clears throat> i because like i would say that i'm like selectively organized so like for things that i don't care about i'm i'm not gonna organize it but like like my phone my phone like I, i'm the type of person with a million red circles like on the notifications and stuff and i always catch a lot of black for that but but like for like my my school desk when i was uh like in college, it, I knew exactly where everything was. I had things in their exact place. So I think that to your extent, um, I'm, I'm getting better with organization and, and I, I just need to get better with more mental organization yeah. because everything uh, kind of lumps together. So I'm still <laughs> learning that part. But but yeah, being organized is, is huge because you know we're all uh, we're all going for a similar a similar mission. And if all of our tools are not in the right spot, then we can't get it done. <laughs> What is your, I guess, mm, quote that lives in your head rent-free? It could be a TV show quote. It could be a sports quote, anything. When you asked this question on the Google Doc, I was like, skip, 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 skip. skip." It's just (laughs) something like maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a quote. I don't know. I've been the song shallow in my head. I don't know. You know, from, (laughs) from A Star Is Born. Why is that in my head? I don't know. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm, I dish out a lot of like really nicely worded mantras to like all my friends when they ask yeah. me for advice. 
And I try to do the best to live by that example, too, because there's nothing more infuriating than someone telling you how to get your life together when you know that person doesn't have it together either. And I'm just, I'd rather be like a positive example for my friends in that regard. So I don't know if there's any necessarily quote or anything that I live by, but I try to be mm-hmm. as authentic as possible. And even if that means last night tweeting that I cried last night, like that's <laughs> the level of honesty we're at right now. Like sometimes I think it's good to be transparent that you're not perfect. And, and I don't, I wouldn't think that any of my friends would think that about me. I think they would just know that I'm super organized to a fault. Um, but they know I'm flawed. And I think that that's important. And um, holding myself accountable to, to everything. And um, I don't know. I just try to lead by example and treat people the way I would want to be treated. So which is weird because yeah. I'm really mean to my friends, but I <laughs> I take it in stride when they do it to me too. So it's like, you know, it all works yeah, out. Give and take. So I kind of piggybacking off of, of Kate's question. Um, you know, I, I do this every time. It's just, I'm just going to yes. go to the question. You know, I, you have, you know, big dreams, obviously, that, that we've been talking about. And so I guess the, the thing I'm curious about is, you know, we're probably not going to be here 100 years from now, um, unfortunately. So I, I guess not. what's, <laughs> what, what's I, the, I'll uh, be 120. What oh. life is, I'd be 122. Hey, I can't be know. having that much fun like that. It's not, I feel like I'd end up like um, a character on SpongeBob, like that really old, like, eel looking thing with like the glasses. Yeah, it would not, yeah. I don't want to live like that. <laughs> okay, well, then we'll, we'll say that. We'll say that. You know, we're not here with being 120 <laughs> hating chocolate. But but so what's the what's the legacy that you want to leave behind for the people that are around 100 years from now? I think that that is something that I try to work on every day because I do think like that a lot. I do yeah. think about the fact that what I say, you know, takes weight sometimes and that people are listening. Like I, I would have always been like oh like no one's listening like and and I even pushed those articles out like not even thinking anybody was gonna you know react to them other than like my friends and whoever but when I did get reaction from it big or small I realized that oh like what I say you know it might feel like it might not matter at the time but anybody can read you know, what I put out on the platforms that I put it out on. So just realizing that, you know, I can't just go about saying anything, you know, I have to think sometimes about what I'm going to say and not that I'm going to say anything crazy or that I have said anything inappropriate or anything like that, but realizing that, you know, people are listening to what I'm saying. And and even the other day I was on like a, an Instagram live with um, one of my favorite writers um, and sports reporters Erica Ayala and I'm a huge fan of hers and she is like she is my god (laughs) like I love her so much (laughs) and um if you don't know who she is definitely look her up on Twitter she just does amazing work and she it was like the weekend before Valentine's Day and we were just chatting and um 
she was like, yeah, she's like, Chanel, like, people know your name out here, and they're talking about you when you're really respected out here, and I was like, what? I was like, what are you <laughs> saying? Like, no, 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 don't tell me that that's happening, because I'm going to get scared, like, I'm already scared, <laughs> like, I don't need to know that people know who I am, that's crazy, Um, but then I thought about who was there, and I was like, oh, maybe she's just talking about, I got a couple friends I have over there. And I was like, if I think about this any more than I'm thinking about it, now I'm going to freak myself out. So um, I'm always trying to build a legacy. And I'd be lying if I said, like, I didn't want all of my work at the end of the day to show up in the Hall of Fame at some point, because that's what I want to do. I want to make so much of an impact that they can't say no. And and there's a lot of issues going on with the Hall of Fame right now in my eyes, because we just started recognizing people that we should have a long time ago and as a Boston sports fan alone too there's a lot of like unfortunately like deep-seated like racial issues too so seeing how long it took for that stuff to get resolved I feel like it might take all six years to get that going for me too and and it to me will be worth it and you know I don't really necessarily have to be here to see it but I think that I will know that it wasn't all for nothing if, if that happened yeah. at the end of the day. But even if it didn't, like any type of tangible change, like even when, you know, we get to the point in the app development that I can be like, yeah, like I helped do that. Like that's going to be super rewarding for me because nothing that I do, I feel like is going to come back to me and impact me personally. It's about the people that it's going to help, whether that's like just accessibility or, um visibility and representation like all that stuff you know I'm I'm the one doing it so it's kind of just like my job but to someone on the outside like they can see that disability isn't as limiting as we like to you know play it off to be within how the media mm-hmm. and every and society perceives it to be so any type of um any type of stuff like that any type of influence like that um is good enough for me well, I'm I'm excited to to push this out to get people to that that you know that will be impacted are impacted. I know I've been impacted, and I know that you know our community will be will be impacted greatly by it. So I I personally want to say thank you. It was really nice to have you on and kind of get get to know you a little bit more than Twitter has gotten uh, <laughs> has allowed me to get to know you. And so I will definitely uh, extend a hand to have you on anytime. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you. What a queen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're the best. And that was Chanel Keenan, aka Mrs. Hockey. We're trying to build a bigger community on social media. And so if you want to be a part of that community and help us build, make sure to see what links we have in the link tree below and follow the accounts that you want, preferably all of them. Chanel's links will be down there too. And trust me when I say that she is a must follow. We thank you for listening to this podcast as always. And if you like this episode and want to show us your support, make sure to follow us on Spotify. If you're an Apple podcast listener, we would really appreciate if you subscribed and left a five-star review. It really helps us grow and we can't express how much we would appreciate it. With that, we hope to see you next Monday for the next episode of The Rookie Contract.